Welcome back to the Snack Walls Podcast. I'm Mike Roberts, your host, and we're here to talk about increasing and maintaining diversity in tech beyond the perks. While companies think they can lure people in with unlimited PTO and dogs in the office, we're here to talk about how you keep them. I'm going to throw it over to our special guest today in a few sentences. Tell us who you are and what you do. Hi, everybody. My name is Terry Jones. I'm a director writer, uh, but I also teach at the college level. And one of the things I do is develop curriculum for video gaming design and simulation in the computer science and basically engineering area. I also basically develop curriculum for esports as well, which we know is kind of cool. Um, literally, uh, how I got into it is that I graduate school at UCLA, even though it was in directing film. I actually created a virtual reality World War II flying game. It was the first of its kind in that kind of area. And so that got me into the gaming area. I'd always been interested in it. My friends were that. And so henceforth, while I was into special effects and all those things, and of course, we now see that melding together. But my big goal right now is to increase um, the population of diversity in terms of the tech industry. It's pretty much what every software engineer dreams of, right? A job where you can make games and, uh, you know, do s- such novel and innovative things that I think that's right. sort of like the pinnacle of software engineering. So what's the biggest challenge you think is faced by companies that are looking to hire diverse talent? Well, I think probably is being able to reach out there creatively. Uh, one of the things I've talked about is that I was mentioning this to a group of people is that if my friend Michelle and I can go to a STEM conference, it's meant for students of diversity, and I can get up there, and there's physicists, cool people on the panel, but I get the standing ovation. When I say rock and roll, I'm here about gaming. Kids are going crazy. And not only that, in that entire day, we got 4,000 students wanting to sign up for our program. So you can't tell me that the, you know, that the people aren't there, the students aren't interested. Yes, they are. They're interested and they're doing it. So when you have a STEM conference, you're getting some of the best students from different uh, campuses. One of the things I've also said is that I'm an out-of-the-box thinker. I feel like with tech companies, their recruiters are going to the same places every single time to recruit. You cannot do that. Um, The diverse talents at Cal State LA, San Diego State, they're all over the place. you got to go where the talent is period. You never know where that next Einstein's going to be as far as I'm concerned, where that next cool kid is. So that's another thing too, when I'm looking at the model that a lot of, whether it's Google, a lot of software companies are, get rid of them, hire us, man. we're out of the box thinkers. Uh, because one of the things I've talked about in terms of getting diverse uh, women and men in terms of your company is that not only got to get them in there, but you've got to find a way to retain them. Also, in terms of the hierarchy in the company, you've got to find ways for those people that are basically in the place where they're saying, hey, this person gets that next job, that next higher level, making sure that they know who those people are, that they get a chance to spend time with them. Uh, One of the things that we happened at UCLA was even though we were crazy graduate students, undergrad students, they have a thing called the Dinner for 12, and I think you can understand this. Uh, It was bringing about people in the industry that we were into, that we would go to their homes and hang out with them. There'd be other people around the table and they would be helping us. Hey, here's our number. What can we do to help you get there? So I think, like I said, you know, it's really in reality, it's like if you're pulling up the same numbers, then you can't expect things to change if you're doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. You got to break the cycle and it's that, 
ability to like kind of network with folks that a lot of people just don't have that capacity, right? They don't have that circle of folks that they can turn to that can give them that positive reinforcement, get that momentum, connect them to, and be the conduit that they need to get from like point A to point B. So love that. Exactly. Yeah. And I think what, uh, what I was intense about is that part of that recruitment was I met a student who was blind and apparently he's a great artist and he wanted to go into video gaming. And I said, I can sure make that happen. You can get in the, I don't see why you shouldn't be able to get in the program. I remember going to the campus, going to the office of students with disabilities and saying, if I'm an instructor, how can I teach this student? I made a promise to him. So how am I going to teach him? What are you going to show me that I can use to help this person break down the curriculum so he can be part of the campus too? And they were like shaking their heads because they couldn't believe an actual instructor was walking in there saying, make it happen. And how yeah. do I make this guy happen? And so they, we, you know, we institute something where he's going to bring in his counselor way ahead of time, that type of thing. So again, you know, like we said, Mike, it's like if you're doing the same old thing, you can't expect the, the you know, different results. Yeah, absolutely. So what advice would you share to someone that's looking to increase diversity and, you know, retain diverse staff? The retain part, I think, is the key. So what advice yeah. would you give to companies that are looking to retain folks once they have them on board? Yeah, I really believe that retention, and because one of the things we were doing with this program was creating was recruitment and retention department, period. How can we keep our students? I think I modeled it after one of the community colleges up in the Northwest where they had the most students that once they recruited them, they stayed and they graduated. So there was a methodology to the madness. You know, whether you're checking in with those pizza, who cares if you have pizza night once a, once a month? The check-in, so people can chat, chat with each other, how's everything going, share experiences, all these things like that, bring some of the big wigs, um, all those things, like I said, that you can do as a company to help a, a person feel comfortable being there. I mean, I, for me, I'm one of those people, not everybody's like me. I grew up in a primarily white area of the country. Um, I could go to a private school because my parents could afford it. And of course, I'm sitting in a classroom with me being the only person of color for years. You know, but also I had the wherewithal. I didn't give a crud. I'm going to be better than you. And I think that led me to the winning the Pacific Science Fair when I was a kid because I didn't care. You know, uh, you know, it's always been like that. I've always think I have. I don't care who's in the room. I'm going to make it. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, I'm, you know, I have enough of a you know, person of myself that I'm going to do it. But not everybody has that. I grew up with parents right. who were kind of like my dad. You can do anything. The only person stopping you is you. And so, you know, you don't need to have somebody constantly, whatever. But let me tell you, it is fantastic when you do get those mentors or people that give you the leg up, help you here and there, give you that little boost, give you that little thing. It's like it's a genius thing when you can find a mentoring program. So that's an essential thing. That's something that they should send out to these different types of schools. So I had to take history of Asian American history, uh, Hispanic American history, Indian American history, all these different histories before I could even take a black studies class. But when you did that, you begin to understand what somebody's struggle was, what their culture was, what they went through to be in this country. So it makes it so our school was really diverse, but diversity worked in our school, period. Absolutely. So, you know, and that was one of the things I remember one of my professors from graduate school at UCLA, Bob Nakamura, said to me, you're coming from a part of the country where diversity works. There must be a reason why. 
But anyway, sorry, sorry, went off the track a little bit there. No, that's <laughs> great. So what other experts like yourself do you think you'd like to acknowledge as a leader and you think might be a good fit for a show like this? Good friend James Gore, Dr. James Gore. Um, he did a lot of research on African American uh, boys in terms of retention in schools, how to retain things like that. Did some cutting edge work. Um, did work for the Indian First Nation up in Canada, their school system to help them with that. He's a great guy to talk to. Um, he's also in the music area. He puts together music concerts. So he has a lot of great stuff going that he's doing with the youth in Seattle. So I would think definitely he's one of those people because we talk about this all the time. We've been knowing each other for years. So he's he's one of the first people to hear me go, I got to go to UCLA. <laughs> so and believed in me. You know, you got to have those friends that believe in like, you can do it and stuff like that. So yeah, so definitely he's a person. James, Dr. James Gore, I would definitely, uh, Mike, be happy to, uh, have him talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be awesome. So where can we find out more information about your company or your company? And this is a great time to do a shameless plug and promote, you know, what you've got, what you're working on. Great. Yes. Um, I actually am a director writer. I do special effects. So I have a new series that we're going to be, thank you, COVID-19 go away so we can shoot, shoot it. Um, a series, because again, I believe in that I'm actually doing a a series and it's an Asian American woman hero it's set in futuristic Koreatown. So it's about the Korean mob, the Japanese mob. So it's special effects, martial arts, high tech. It happens in the futuristic LA. Uh, so definitely can hit me up on my Instagram at TL pirate three. And again, that's TL pirate three. I'm letting a lot of fun stuff go on that. Uh, so you can kind of see something, some of the stuff that's happening with that. It's a very cool series. We've got massive interest for it. And I thought to myself, how funny is you have two people behind it are African-American creating this series about, you know, with Asian, primarily Sorry, Asian it's, characters. It's, it's diversity, man. Diversity, diversity, exactly. And, and I remember that when I was talking to one of my friends and he, I mentioned the fact that I wanted this, this well-known Korean hip hop group to work with one of the um, Wu-Tang Clan who's going to write, producers who's going to do the music. And he said, oh, my gosh, I know those guys. And so he hooked me up. And so now those guys are going to be part of it, which is amazing. But my favorite part is when one of my main actors said to me, really, if I read this, I could have swore you're Korean. <laughs> how did there you know go. how to say those things? But again, you know, it's like I told him, it's where I grew up. As I grew up in an Asian neighborhood. So, you know, I'm one of those people that I spend a lot of time in Monterey Park and place like that because it's comfortable for me. Those are my people. <laughs> Absolutely. So definitely. Like I said, they can hit us up with that. And it's the series is called Yoshi. Um, so that's really going to be fantastic. And we have a couple other things. I also have a big World War II film about the black uh, Tuskegee Airmen uh, fighter pilots, but it's not about the fighter pilots. It's about the bomb group. And it's very important because it led to uh, basically, and I'm looking at the Black Lives Movement, thinking 104 gentlemen during the height of World War II protested not being able to be as officers going to this white club so let me tell you people have been doing this for years <laughs> protesting and, and trying to push the doors open so mike Absolutely. thank you so much it's been a pleasure thanks terry you bet you take care the San Diego Code School is a proud sponsor of the Snackwalls podcast. The San Diego Code School is leading companies to tech equity. The Tech Enabled Apprenticeship Program is a venture whose heart is to do a lot of social good and do good work. You can help San Diego Code School secure funding for change by hiring developers, bringing a team in to relieve your backlog, or becoming a program sponsor. You can visit us on the web for more information at http colon forward slash forward slash sdcs.io. 